Welcome back, everyone, to the 3F Podcast. As always, your host, Timothy Clayton Cornell. And today we have our follow-up interview from a few months back with coach and now published author, Theo Bennett. How's How you going, doing, man? Mate, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, really excited to have, talk about your book, but I don't want to take anything from you. So if you could please give us an, a the quick excerpt on the overview of your book and where to find it. Okay, well, Virtutuous, the volume one of Virtutuous is now out on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and you just search the word Virtutus, then uh, it'll pop up. And Virtutuous is basically about the last of the Spartans, like the last generation of a Spartan descendant. And he gets himself caught up in a Roman world that's quickly colliding with his inner warrior code. And it's like super interesting concept. Yeah, it really, it's going to be really difficult to talk about this book because there are so many great things, like really interesting things. I want to say great things based off of the story, but really interesting things that happen in it. Uh, you know, is a, a man who's lost on his inner self, trying to find himself, going to what he knows, uh, and like you said, quickly having that conflict of his moral code um, when he starts joining this uh, Roman auxiliary. You know, he's got these inner demons, and he just wants to to go through his purpose. You know, and I really think it's amazing as well you as an author and as a person creating Virtutus as this man who is true to his word and he's trying to do right by uh, his family that he ended up having to leave. This isn't spoilers. I swear everyone, this is in chapter one uh, that he has to go through to, to fulfill his purpose. And uh, if you guys want to know the spelling, it's V-I-R-T-U-T-I-S. Please get your copy on Amazon. The video will not be posted, but I trust me, I have my book with me. I have my notes along in the book. I have my sticky notes. Uh, it's it's really interesting. So just some my over-encompassing ideas, I feel like as I'm getting through the book, I'm only about halfway through right now, you, you know, talk about his view on circumstances and that him and his best friend think that circumstances are where cowards lay blame, that a man's journey, they live every day with virtue, they want to look down from the heavens knowing that they're absolute best on every occasion. Those are some of the overarching themes of the character that that we are reading about. And I was wondering how you kind of pulled uh, maybe from your, your personal life or your history or where you try to pull some of these values to create this, this Spartan's warrior. I think the, the, the biggest place that I pulled this from is my career as an athlete. And within jujitsu and within meeting really high class military, military people, man, like <laughs> I've met some really outstanding people and they have definitely influenced how, you know, how I view life and how I view the importance of being super integral away from, I, I guess, the pursuit of money and career. It's about brotherhood and it's about trust and it's about integrity and it's about turning up <laughs> yeah. you know um and you know the overarching themes that you're talking about at the beginning of the book i was very careful about setting them out to set the reader up for this is what this guy is however he's faced with a lot of things that happen a lot of experiences and a lot of events that happen that are really challenging these and pushing these to the limit point where he ultimately commits treason. Mm -hmm. 
and it's like it's, I find it super interesting and I wanted to set it up so you know that it's a rhetorical device basically so when you read the first two chapters you learn a lot about what he's about because of what his sons are showing you and his sons are saying this is who we are this is what he's taught his sons and it's all very well telling fairy tales but when it hits the fan and you're in the real world you know are you still that person and what wave what what pushes you one way or the other yeah you talk uh you know talk about everyone can talk the game that they're going to do the right thing when they're faced with the situation um and again not giving anything away but you early on you know i think it was like chapter four or five he gets thrust into this this really harsh situation where he has to make a decision of something that he knows is right versus what he felt like he came there to do so it it definitely early on in the book definitely gets out there and you know it, it takes me back to another quote i like I said i don't want to give away the book and i want people to read this and get the power from it you know we talk about a good man acts with rectitude that they keep their promises uh he loves with a full heart and he's honest and takes responsibility and you can see that you talk about his sons what he instilled in them and how they viewed their father you can tell you know through the first quarter the first third of the book that it's that's true to him that he's he's trying to act he's trying to keep his promises but he does have this internal fight and you talk about that military side uh after being the coach for us military ruggers and trying to to teach us everything that at the end of the day it comes down to the player doesn't matter you know if they're the fastest on the bronco sprint test or if they're the the strongest on the deadlift, you know, as long as their their character is there, you think that they're you know they're going to be the best teammate. They're going to be the best one there to support. They're going to be the best one to lift their brothers up. And I feel like that goes a long way. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's that's where a lot of these ideas come from. Oh, absolutely! Like behind behind every chapter, behind every instance, is a reflection of sometimes of my own life, but also of philosophies that I've learned and I've adopted and I've, I've pushed through to the high performance teams that I've had. Yeah. And if anyone hasn't hosted the last episode from River Riders episode six, uh, we talked about your journey as a coach bouncing uh, across, I think it was five of the seven continents or four of the seven continents coaching um, ended up helping here with USA military being in Africa, being in Brazil, all these different places as well as back home, you know, you get, this you have a really cultured experience, a really cultured mind to be able to come in and talk about this one Spartan warrior and bring all of those uh, those experiences you've had in your life into one book is kind of shows that a warrior's code is is probably the best thing to have. And it doesn't change from culture to ch culture because you immerse yourself when you travel. But you the warrior code never changes no matter where you go. Yeah, I think that. Um... I, I've had the ability to see where I've gone wrong. And that's kind of the main thing because it hasn't come without having its collateral damage of that experience. Like I've, you know, I've, I've, I've been quite not a really good person. And mm -hmm. there's, there's been times in my career that, that I haven't treated people the right way. I haven't treated teams and cultures the right way that I should have. And I think that, you know, I've had to have those experiences. It, writing the first novel is kind of like, like, it's great. It's cool. Like, so I got the first volume out, but in fact, it's kind of like daunting because there's, you know, like I've set Virtutuous up as a point of, 
of he's a leader, but he's consistently failing. He's failing forward. He's making pretty big mistakes, but he's always trying to act himself. Ever after every mistake, he tries to be integral about it, but it just situation keeps getting worse for him. And there's a manual that goes along with Virtutos that'll explain some of the pitfalls that he did. However, in my own life as well, like I never really expect, accepted the fact of who I was and where I came from. So I come from New Zealand. There's 5 million people in New Zealand. We've got, we don't have a huge player pool in comparison to other countries in the world when it comes to rugby. But although we're like one of the best teams in the world, if not the best at times, <laughs> but you know, and, and with that, I, I kind of, I think I neglected the fact that I had a huge responsibility everywhere I went. And it's only in the last probably three or four years that I've really come to terms with, I represent my whole country and my whole culture. I need to sort myself out. It's that. Yeah. It's accepting of that, right? Yeah, I feel like even very early on when, you know, he goes to the Roman Auxiliary, he he swallows his pride at points and maybe that's your your history you know your, your self-reflection and you know, we if i we were looking at three parts for the entire virtuta series right yep so we yeah, have three parts part one volume one is the only one that's out right now and are we going to see even more of this self-reflection as as we go on in this this thinking back to his past and the the uh the black wolf and everyone that's that started early on yeah, um, to put it mildly, I, I want people to like really empathize with this character. I want you to like him because he he does things that are pretty wrong at the end of the day. And his whole world gets destroyed. And so I'm trying to build this character up by the third volume that he starts to rebuild. Because I, I, like I say, and it's written on the back of the book, this is not a hero's journey. This is not a hero's journey, yep. No, and it's not. Because like we, we're too busy looking at, like I understand that there's perfect situations and we have perfect families and communities and childhoods. Most of us, some of us don't, some of us didn't. Not everything comes from a perfect standpoint. So I wanted the reader to come on, on this journey with me of understanding how integral and how cool this character is. But mate, I've been swayed in different ways in my life. And I don't think there's many people out there that hasn't been swayed to some degree. And then how do you rebuild your life though? Like, how do you do things? How do you, how do you get back to that point where you can basically have a good death? You know, that by the time you're dying, you are a resolved person. Yeah. And I feel really excited because like you said, this is not a hero's journey. So if you're a fan of fiction or if you're a fan of leadership novels, you can both, all those people can get something from this. This is not a, a feel good every page or feel good at the end of every chapter because there's a lot of stuff in here that, that goes into that. It's not a hero's journey. There's some good, some good decisions. There's, there's some, there's some harsh ones. There's some scary things in there that it one, it really grabs you to read, but to it talks you know, like you talk, it's going to build him up for this. And maybe not it's a grand reveal, but this sudden change in reflection and rebuilding in a way. So with that, especially in volume one, because you know way more than what any of us are going to do. Do you have a f a favorite part or of either either of Rattutis or of the the story in volume one that you really hold on to that you really 
is your favorite? Probably the first two chapters when he's talking to his sons, when everything's pure. And then, you know, after that, I think the whole journey of when he starts to deteriorate, but you don't really know that he's deteriorating. Like, like you know, like it is, yeah, he, he, he starts deteriorating and I enjoyed that journey of destroying a little bit of him bit by bit. <laughs> it's kind of one of my favorite things to do because it's, it's kind of real. Like, yeah, I mean, and I feel like even in a, in a world standpoint, especially as a coach, and I've seen it sometimes that I've seen from other players that sometimes you, you don't, you have to break someone down a little bit in order for them to get better. You know, if you, you have a, a new player that's really young and they exceeded really well in the high school or maybe even the collegiate level and they come to a high-level men's club, they may have to get broken down and knock off some of that pride and that ego or even some of those those skills they think they have in order for them to become a better player or a better person, especially in the real world. I, I even see that in the military. Oh, absolutely. But, and you know, you, you've been alongside guys that I never went out to like, I've never gone out to destroy and break people right? like maybe in my earlier career, but I, I just haven't because, you know, in, in the later part of my career, definitely not because the game itself provides pressure. The selection provides pressure. And in that pressure alone, all you really have to do is hold space for people to go through their own process and support them. Like, it's nothing that I have to do. It's already there. And I think that's the biggest learning I think I've, I've come away from my coaching career is to hold space. There's, there's a couple of guys that really stand out to me that have been amazing on their own self journey. And I, I hope it's okay with this guy, but there was a guy, Devin Sanchez, who came through and, and he would have played with you. And his turnaround was absolutely remarkable. And it was, he, he did it all himself. Like I found him meditating and, you know, working hard, asking me the hard questions. And like, he, he, we just held space. He, he did his journey. And then probably one of my biggest regrets is not giving him all the opportunities that I could have, you know? So I, I think, you know, when I think about him and I, and, and yeah, he, he's a guy that I think epitomizes that holding space for someone and he was willing. He he went hard. He went through it, like he faced himself. And and you know those things. Even though that probably the end result wasn't what he needed or what he wanted. Um, looking at him as a man right now, you gotta be super proud, man. Like, yeah, super proud of what he's done. Yeah, <clears throat> and you know when it comes, you talked about the and your favorite thing of writing is the build up that that take stripping away. Your favorite thing co coaching was leading them up, leading them take that space, leading them in the opportunities. Is there a part of your writing itself, maybe not a part of this story that you feel like you really relate to it, like from your coaching side, or do you really enjoy writing the breakdowns as well? Um, so, uh, so you're asking me if I had those breakdowns and mm -hmm. I'm writing about those rhetorical. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I have. Like, I've been in some pretty tough situations, and you know, and and I've I've been responsible for some pretty 
some pretty hard outcomes and you know losing losing their life and being responsible for people losing their lives i've been in that situation and you i tend to like i pushed it down and i pushed it away and, and you'll, you'll go through virtutus's journey and he keeps shoving it down to get through the next thing because in survival that's what it's about right mm-hmm. and so and so sometimes i kind of look at my own life and i never really dealt with it and then there was pinnacle moments that i had to and volume one is between two and he kind of shoves things down shoves it away he he, he locks things up basically and yeah, yeah there's there's a chapter where he goes down the deep dark hole i don't know if you've got that far no i don't think so yet it should be yeah, coming when soon you get there, when you get there you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's harsh it's harsh so you know, we talk about a lot of this darkness and the stuff that's coming. We we want people to read this book, so please, everyone, get out there. Let's let's turn to some some brighter things. What is next for for you as an author? Oh, just to be consistent. Uh, it's like volume volume two is like really instrumental about how I go about stripping more away from his life and that there has to be done with a certain mouse like it's it's probably the hardest the volume two is going to be the hardest to write because because of how deep it is because you you don't want to be in a position where he loses so much and he just gives up yeah need to find a way you need need to find a way of of him hanging in there and what is that exactly so why did i hang in there like why have other people hung in there He's going to so have, he's gonna have this, yeah. He's going to have, you know, one thing like a lot of men and women going through something that he holds on to to kind of per, to remind him to push through in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, like it, it it can't be it's got to be in himself, right? Or it's it's the ultimate like sometimes there is a huge letting go and I faced this myself. There is just when you simply let go of everything as if you're walking naked into the world like and and I, I found that at times where you know i had to make those really harsh decisions about do i continue or do i just give up and then you go well i'm going to continue and then i'll go okay then i'll just just relax and, I, and there was a point in my life i've never felt my body and my mind so relaxed like I had absolutely nothing. I couldn't repair what had gone wrong. I definitely didn't know what I was going to do in the future. I was just right here in this point, right in the present. I was just like, I'm just here. I'm just going to be here. And That's it was amazing. numbing. It was kind of really, I was numb almost too, but um, there's peace there. I think that's amazing for you to have that, that fortitude to be able to find peace um, in in a hardship like that. And uh, I'm really ready to see how that translates um, into to more coming as you as you continue to, to push out his story. When do you think uh, volume two would be able to hit? I'm hoping by the end of, or the middle of next year, it should be about 90% done. And then I'm hoping to hit by October 
would be when it should be out and ready to go. Yep. So we're looking at around the one year anniversary of volume one dropping like it did on Amazon earlier this month. Yeah, because there's still a lot of work to do for volume volume one. So there's a graphic novel that's been translated into Portuguese and translated into Italian. And there's the audio book as well. And there's a script. So, you know, there's still a lot of loose ends to tie up from this first part of the project. And I'll, I'm doing it all myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm finding the people, I'm pushing it through. Like, it's just everything's been generated by my own energy sources like you know yeah so you, you mentioned we got a graphic novel which the first time we had you on i told you how i was in my head like i was playing a video game or watching a movie the that i could see everything that was gone you're you're very good at creating uh creating scenery creating a picture in the reader's mind as you as you write so when you talk about the audiobook as well do you already have someone selected to read this book or is it going to be you no, no, I got, I've got a guy that is like super good at it and he, he's worked in as a professional voice actor and yeah, his, his name's Matt and he's got a neutral as like, I, I didn't want to get a person that would, would read the book like an American or an Englishman. And I definitely didn't want an Australian or <laughs> no offense to my Australian listeners or um, a Kiwi, a Kiwi accent. And I found a guy who's actually South African that lived in New Zealand and he's, he, he speaks a couple of languages and his voice cuts down the middle of everything. And as soon as I heard him, I was like, that's the guy I want. <laughs> and, and then like I met him, we had a video call and he's a great guy. Like he was just like super receptive and, and I sent him, you know, the, the, some of the proofs and he, he was just like, I love this. Like, and he goes, so how do you want this? And I was like, mate, once you get it and you start doing it, you do it how you do it. Like I, I you, you have the script, you have everything. I'm not interfering. You go and do what you do and do it the best you can. That's so, I'm excited for that. I'm going to, even though I'll, I'll be, I've read through the book, you know, once, maybe twice, especially as some things come out, you know, with volume two coming up next year, I will definitely have to listen to this because I would love to hear this, uh, like a powerful voice read through this rather than the voice in my head. So I do also want to ask, how does it feel to be an Amazon bestseller for a few days? Oh, pretty cool, eh? Like, because, like, yeah, nah, I was kind of blown away at first. And not because I was the Amazon bestseller, but because I beat out Marcus Aurelius Meditations. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's like the coolest book in the world to read. <laughs> that's that's and, another book by my bedside. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's super powerful, right? But there, there has been a plan. Like I haven't come into this like super naive about it. Like my goal was to do the best that I possibly could. So I would research in the early hours in the morning about algorithms, about how Google works, about how, sorry, Amazon works and how to get a bestseller and how to position myself in that. Um, for example, in rugby, we have our points of difference, right, between us and another team. And so in having a point of, strong point of difference within our team gives us a, a, a pivot to attack something. So then I sat back and I looked at myself, who I am. I looked at who I know, where they are. And then I studied Amazon and how that works. And I was like, okay, like in, in the USA right now, like from like nine to five, I'm going to get my ass kicked by so many people on Amazon, but they can't go 24 seven. 
and I can. Yeah. <laughs> so I just I just worked out how to leverage the situation of where I was, and then slowly start building momentum, and it worked. <laughs> it did, and I think uh, a lot of people who are interested in, in leadership. Uh, in history, everyone has read meditations or at least knows of it or knows what Stoicism and Marcus Aurelius is. So the essentially the handbook of Stoicism and this great leader who had some of the harshest times, his journal, you, you, for a few days, your, your book beat him out. Like, I feel like that is a very, very amazing thing. And I feel like you should get, get some praise. I feel like more people should help push this to the number one on the charts and oh, so you. with that, of course, is, is is Amazon the only place that we can find uh, the Virtutis series right now with volume one? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, for paperback and, and a Kindle. But I, I just wanted to recap something on, and hopefully this gets your listeners a little bit intrigued. Yeah. But Virtutis comes across Marcus Aurelius's teacher. His name was Rusticus, I think it was. And so... Christianity is starting to like threaten in a little bit at the end of volume three. And there's a little bit of hints about that, but stoicism is to like spread as well. And it's getting bigger and Virtutus encounters Stoics, Christians, and all these different people on his journey through. And so but he's never the smartest man in the room, right? There's always people around him that influence him because we never really get there by ourselves. And I'm not the smartest bloke, mate. I'm not the, I'm not the smartest dude in the room ever. But, um, you know, he, he, if you really enjoy reading meditations, I think that you'd really enjoy the tutus because where he ends up, because like I, I think I'd like to think of myself as a, as a modern day stoic in terms of how I practice life and how I look at things because I'm deeply influenced by stoicism. And there's no way of getting around it the two to us is very very influenced by the people around them. yeah and i feel like like you said if if you enjoy meditations if you enjoy reading about stoicism you enjoy fiction and even historical uh readings stuff along the lines of spartans and the the a man's journey of being broken down and brought eventually brought back up uh you guys really need to get to virtutus so with that i'm gonna Ask, is there anything else you want to leave for our listeners today? I think I said it really well in the first podcast. I suck at podcasts, but I can write pretty good. So <laughs> if, um, if you can see past, um, you know, sometimes how I articulate things, if you can see past that and give the book a chance, that would be amazing. <laughs> so uh, the, 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 ad and the link to the amazon will be listed in the show notes everyone uh please get on amazon get a copy trust me i will endorse it i you will not be disappointed by this if you have any questions uh he also has an instagram page uh would you like to share the instagram page i can put that in the notes as well yeah it's just a virtue to us uh, underscore trilogy so get out there show some love tag him on instagram put it on your story Put it on your your main feed. Uh, please get out there and get get this book. Thanks, Theo, for so much for coming on today. Mate, it's my pleasure, and I'm truly grateful for you. And hope everybody is well out there.
Thanks, man. Yeah.